Hey fam, it's your host Marley and I'm super excited to welcome you back to another episode of Yep She Said It podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to open up with a guided meditation session. Again, thank you for everyone who is actually participating, who enjoys the, the meditation, who is spreading the word as well. And also I'm going to be joined by an amazing young queen named Haley Major who currently works at Penn State with multiple athletic teams and she is very transparent about her journey with athletics her um, unfortunate injuries that occurred, but how she flipped that and applied it and used it and leaned on her faith so that she can find her purpose along with being able to motivate and give proper insight and support to the student athletes that she's worked with. So buckle up, spread the word, but first let's get into our guided meditation. All right, fam, welcome to the first segment known as Marley's Message, which has more recently been known as Marley's Meditation. And I really have found it quite interesting, um, the response that a lot of you have given that you enjoy the meditation, it's a great opening, you want me to continue it, um, and it feels good. You know, and so every every week, as you guys know, I, I'm intentional about how I present the meditation. Um, also, with trying to connect it to the message that is going to be given in the interview later. And with this message, very similar to last week when we talked about faith and fitness, um, but Haley's experience and journey is a little different because there was an injury there. Um, but I found a lot of similarities between her story and last week's special guest, Shanika Tyru, which I thought was amazing. And the reason I think that's so important is to know that no one, you're not the first to experience anything that you're experiencing. And I just want to remind you that the emotions that you may be feeling and the thoughts that you may be having, um, a lot of people are going through that right now. So don't be discouraged. Don't allow yourself to get overwhelmed. And if you do, allow yourself to process those emotions. And so that's what I want us to kind of focus on today with our guided meditation. To, uh, to remind ourselves that we have that control. To remind ourselves that God has given us the emotional strength and the spiritual well-being so that we can protect ourselves. And in moments that we can't do that, we can click into him and allow it to be supported and allow him to manage it. There's an old song by Yolanda Adams, the battle is not yours. You have to just allow yourself to be fully centered and connected. So as we start to think about that, thinking about the emotions, thinking about some ups and downs you potentially had this week, and, and understanding that the disruption in our lives, everybody is processing that. So you're not alone. So as you continue to breathe, I want you to inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth. And continuing that pattern. And as you inhale through your nose and you exhale through your mouth, I want you to actually push out that air. Push it out so that you're enable, you're allowing yourself to connect with your body. Recognize that you are in control of your breath. And when you're controlling your breath, you are in control of your thoughts and your emotions because you are present of what you need to release from your body in order to continue a sustainable and healthy life. So inhaling through your nose for five and exhaling through your mouth for five. Now, many people are sitting up when they're listening to the podcast or you may be laying down. And as you continue to breathe, I need you to find a comfortable position for yourself. For my comfortable position, I always sit up because I like to be mindful of my posture. I like my shoulders to be relaxed. But as you're continuing to breathe, what's stressing you out? What's been so overwhelming that you just can't communicate it? It's time to let that go. It's time to tap into the strength that it took for you to go through college. Tap into the strength that it took for you to push through when you lost a loved one. Tap into the strength that it took you to use when you lost a job. 
Because today is the moment where you will turn it all around just by breathing and releasing. Now I want to focus on some brain balance so that it helps us to be connected and fully present and just to clear some of our thoughts. I want you to take your index finger and place it over one nostril so that one nostril is closed. And I want you to inhale through that nostril that is open holding it for five seconds and exhaling through your mouth, pushing it out. If you need to make a noise, make a noise. Now we're gonna do the same thing, releasing that finger from that nostril, taking the opposite hand, opposite index finger and closing that nostril and inhaling through our open nostril and exhaling through our mouth. Again, you're going to repeat on the opposite side, inhaling through your nose, through the open nostril, and exhaling through your mouth. We need to give attention to all parts of our bodies because you need a complete you to be complete. It sounds so simple, but you need a complete you to be complete. God needs a complete you. He doesn't need a part of you or a little bit of you. He needs all of you to be fully present with him, to trust him with every fiber in your body. And now relaxing both hands, allowing both nostrils to be open. And I just want you to breathe. I want you to really look, your eyes are closed, but really look and gaze into the distance. What is it that you see? I always talk about going to that happy place. Or for some, you may visualize stress and chaos because maybe you're working on the front lines and you are seeing constant pain throughout the day. But knowing that you are put in that position because you are strong enough to push through it. But you have to make space for God so he can be there with you at all times. And so that you can hear his voice when he's giving you the support, when you just feel like you can't make it another day. Recognize what you're seeing. If you're seeing something that makes you happy, you're seeing someone, seeing a word, seeing colors that bring you happiness, allow yourself to marinate in that. Doesn't it feel good? Doesn't it just feel just like arms are wrapped around you? Doesn't it feel supportive? Doesn't it feel motivating? That is what you deserve. That is what God needs you to be. And if you see sadness, if you see disappointment, that's okay. But I want you to visualize the shift. Allow the light to come into that space. Allow bright colors to come into that space. Allow words and affirmations that provide you love and support into that space. You control this. God is giving you that power. God did not give you the the emotional power of defeat. You can accomplish anything. Continuing to breathe and being mindful of your posture. If you're sitting up, allow your arms and shoulders to relax. Allow your face to relax, your body to relax. And I want you to continue this for as long as you can. Pause the podcast. Allow yourself to just enjoy a moment of breathing and inserting positive affirmation and positive thoughts. Because this is your time and this is your moment. God has set you up to to listen to this message, to make the change, to present the opportunity. The shift is now. The shift is now.
Okay, guys, I hope that you were able to center, connect, relax, um, and just really embrace yourself and be present in this moment. Because I think it's so important, like I said last week with our interview, that you clear your mind so that you can hear the message, right? Like you, you want to create a space so that you can be aware and excited and really check for those key words and those emotions that attach to words and places and things so that you can really understand how you need to maneuver. And so with that said, we're going to jump right into our interview and to our next segment, which is called Who Got Next? And as mentioned earlier today on the Who Got Next segment, we have Haley Major and she is incredible and awesome. And I know you guys are going to be truly inspired as you can hear me kind of hitting my hands because I am serious about this interview and bringing it to you guys. So let's first start off with her bio, which will be immediately followed by the interview. a young professional working in the field of academic support services for collegiate student athletes. She currently serves as a football academic support assistant at Pennsylvania State University, also known as Penn State. Haley is originally from Euless, Texas, and has been around sports all her life, especially with growing up in an athletic family. At a young age, she became a well-rounded athlete competing in soccer, basketball, volleyball, and track. But by sixth grade, Haley realized that volleyball was the only sport she wanted to play. After eighth grade, she left the other sports to go focus on volleyball all the way through high school. After graduating high school in 2012, Haley received a partial scholarship to play volleyball at Texas A&M University Commerce in Commerce, Texas. While pursuing her degree in interdisciplinary studies, also could be considered educa- or also is elementary education in K through sixth grade, Haley finished her collegiate athletic career being an assistant student coach for the Lions. Haley graduated with a degree in 2016 and went on to pursue her master's degree in sports ministry at Baylor's Truett Seminary in Waco, Texas. I hope I said that right. While pursuing her master's, Haley was able to work as a part-time assistant graduate with Baylor Athletics in their student athlete center for excellence. This is where she discovered her passion to impact student athletes academically, professionally, and personally. After competing, after completing her internship at TCU, she took on the opportunity to serve in her current role at Penn State. Eventually, Haley would like to oversee an athletic academic department, serving as a director for academic support services, along with pursuing a role in athlete development. Wow, that is incredible. It was a lot, but when you are going into your purpose and you know that this is something you're passionate about, you will go through stages and journeys and experiences that are important. So I hope you heard everything beside my few little stumbled words. Hello, somebody. Now let's jump right into our interview with Haley Major. All right, guys. Now, like mentioned before, this is the segment known as Who Got Next featuring Haley Major. And today, oh, and if you're on YouTube, you are actually watching the interview. Um, but if you listen to the podcast, just want to give a shout out and welcome. Hey, Haley. So I really want to start with kind of understanding um, your volleyball journey, what that experience was for you, um, and kind of what the structure setup was so that we can kind of give a get a timeline of what you went through, how you went through it, um, so that people can kind of understand your journey to where you are now. Yeah, okay. So, um, I mean, I grew up in a very athletic family. Um, parents played uh, sports. My dad was a track runner at K-State. Um, brother played football. So, I mean, I was fostered into a very athletic family. Um, growing up, I didn't know exactly which sports. Um, I was very shy. So parents put me in soccer, um, mm-hmm. hated it at first, and then um, ended up loving it, of course. And when I got to junior high is when I was able to pick and choose um, which sport I actually really liked. And it wasn't until, I believe, eighth grade when I realized, like, volleyball is the sport. Um, so I've been playing since, like, fifth grade, um, YMCA, um, and as soon as I got to junior high is when I realized like, oh, you want to be like good, good, you got to go to like, you know, the um, 
club volleyball program. Right. And so got into that. Eventually, ninth grade is when I was like, volleyball's it. That's the only sport I want to play. Um, so yeah, I played throughout high school, just volleyball. Um, and then at the time, I was looking for um, scholarships and everything to go play at, um, at a collegiate level and um, was able to play at uh, Texas A&M Commerce, um, which is a Division II school in mm-hmm. Texas, um, Commerce, Texas. And um, great experience. Um, it was one of those where I was the only freshman that got um, a scholarship for that wow. uh, school year. So said a lot because um, they weren't really looking for anybody, um, but me coming in, just showing what I got and just giving it at my all, it being close to home um, and it felt like home. So I was like, let's, you know, God willing, let's go with it. Right. Um, so being um, there as a freshman, the only freshman on the team, um, I was nervous, but I was ready to get started. Um, and I guess this kind of brings in a lot about my identity and who I am today. So. Um, Unexpectedly, during preseason, I uh, tore my ACL, first oh, major injury. Um, yeah, and it was just one of those things where it's like, man, I worked all this like hard work and everything just to get here, and we haven't even started season yet, and I tear my ACL. So for me, that was like very challenging because I wanted to be that freshman that like stood out on the court and just did everything and yeah. um, had all these dreams, and it's just like, well, there goes that. Um, so I come back, rehab, do everything, come back, and then sophomore year, I'm ready to go. Same exact situation, preseason, tore my other ACL. So I'm just like, all right, like, why? What is going on? Yeah, so, um, same thing, came back stronger, was ready my junior year, and I, at that point, I knew that, you know, I did work hard just to be, like, a collegiate volleyball player, but... Um, with the things that I'm going through, I've got to find out like what I really want for the future. Um, so trying to come back my junior year, my knees weren't really allowing me a lot of fluid and both knees and just not being able to give it my 100%. And mm-hmm. so I had to make a decision. I was My doctor was saying that I could either try playing and later on in life have to get injections in my knees and just have all these issues or I can stop. Um, and so I was just like, man, I, I got to think long-term. Yeah. So I decided to hang it up and just coach, um, for the, for the team my last two years. And it was hard. It was very hard, um, because that's not what I, I had planned. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, sometimes our plans aren't always destined for the best of us. So, yeah. um, and that was when I really started having identity issues and figuring out, okay, if, if the sport that I love and I worked really hard for is gone what's next, like what right. am I supposed to do? Um, so that was around the time where I was trying to figure out my major and just like, what do I want to do? What else am I good at? Like, um, And so I met a lot of good people at um, A&M Commerce and my mom was actually a good influence for me because she kept telling me like, you have qualities that I have and like you really care about people and you want to um, make an influence. Like I could see you working well with kids you should be a teacher or a counselor. And I was just like, hmm, okay. <laughs> so I went the elementary education route, um, did student teaching my last uh, year of college, loved it, knew I wanted to be a teacher. But then in the back of my head, I was like, all right, I have this degree, but I still want something in sports. Like I've got to tie something into sports because that's, mm-hmm. that's my love. And so um, found a way, um, was looking for sports management programs all over the place for my master's. Nothing was really opening up until Baylor University, they have a sports ministry program through their seminary school. And so being being big in my faith and, um, you know, an advocate for sports, I was like, I've never heard something like that. And if for this to be knocking at the door for me to telling me to like, go for it, I knew that it was just best for me to be there. So um, did my sports ministry um, master's program at Baylor University. And that was when I figured out what it is that I would want to do for um, the sports world. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I still had my education background, but um, I never really knew that there was a such thing as like academic advising that has a little bit of pieces of everything like um, advising, mentoring, um, counseling. So it's like every everything that I've ever wanted in a job. And so I was able to get a um, part-time position at the Athlet- Baylor Athletics um, 
academic center. Um, it was like a monitor, so study hall monitor at first, but then uh, working well with them, they were allowed, they allowed me to uh, assist with like their graduate program and like um, <clears throat> working with their academic support services. And so then is when I realized like, man, like this is it, like right. an academic advisor um, where I can help student athletes figure out their identity because they go through the same exact things that I've went through. Mm-hmm. Um, some aren't able to continue their sport, but they've got to finish academically. What what can I do to help them? And so I knew that um, all the experience I've dealt with with my volleyball experiences and just you know injuries, I knew that this field was something that I could actually flourish in and help current student athletes grow, find their identity, and then figure out what they're doing next in life. Right. That's huge. And thank you for sharing um, every part of your journey and really being transparent with the injury component. I know that that can be a very sensitive, you know, topic and to talk about. But like you said, so many athletes um, who experience exactly, I know right. at least five people personally who've had back-to-back injuries in college when yeah. trying to come back. I mean, right. It's intense. It is. So, what would you, what do you think are some components of what that put into you? Like what that instilled in you emotionally, spiritually, that allows you to be so driven to help the student athletes? What did you yeah. learn? Yeah, so I would say the first thing I really learned um, was my faith. Um, because, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you just gotta have faith and, you know, everything happens for a reason. But I, I think once you're in that position and you really have to like buckle down and just realize that, man, like this was not my plan. Like I I didn't come to college to tear my ACL and not be able right. to. So for me, it was just like, all right, <laughs> God, like I, I trust you. Um, show me show me what's next. Like, cause if, if this, if my plan wasn't um, supposed to go forward, then what's next? So I think, um, the faith aspect of it was a big component of why I am who I am today and why I'm so strong and just believing that, you know, things are going to happen um, unexpectedly, but it's your response. And um, I think from that is where you'll realize that um, it's always going to be for your good at the end of the day. Even if at that moment, it's like, it seems bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Terry Mycia was bad in my eyes and it, it was like a horrible experience just being my first major injury. Um, but then realizing that it was a test, but it also turned into a testimony where I'm able to mm-hmm. share with students that are tearing their ACLs left and right and just like, or having, you know, major injury, career injuries. And they're just like, what do I do? So um, faith was a, a big component of that. Um, and then also just having motivation and people that are gonna be alongside of you, um, pouring into you positively and just helping you along the way. Um, so I think, I think athletes right now, they're, cause when I was in college, I didn't, ha- we didn't really have, you know, being at a D2 school, we didn't have all the resources and just like, um, one person would be the academic advisor, athletic right. director, all these roles for like one person. So it was really challenging for that person, but you learn to lean on them for the things that they helped you with. And so I, I can give a shout out to my, um, senior woman, senior woman administrator, um, academic advisor Judy Sackfield she was awesome and she actually um, was one of the ones that influenced me to realize that it's her people like her in roles that she's in right now that make me want to be the same um, and lead in that in that example um, so again I think it's just you know your faith what what do you truly believe in what is it inside of you that keeps you going in the right that's huge thank you because um talking about that because I think that's what you're doing as far as being the example and you're able to be example because you had an experience. Right. And there's so many times I think that we can become so occupied with our job, are so occupied with getting at this particular school that we forget that the impact um, can happen anywhere, you know. Um, Of course you want to go where um, your desire and your dreams are, but sometimes uh, God's plan is different. Exactly. And it's funny because there's a another interview that will air um, by the time the third airs that we actually talked about about what God's plan is 
trying to trust the process and knowing that even in those moments uh, personally where it gets really dark and you're like what the heck like why mm-hmm. would I do all this for it to come to like a crazy yeah. close right. um, but having the confidence having the support um, was necessary for your journey because now you can be authentic and feed into the student athlete that you're working with right so I think it's huge when you are um, working with student athletes and whether they get an injury or they're, they're in their senior year and they're getting mm-hmm. ready to graduate, what are some things that you try to instill in your student athletes that you feel um, that we all need to do more? What are some things that you try to put in Yeah, um, that's a great question. And I'll, I'll kind of backtrack a little bit um, because I know, for example, so before I was at um, Penn State currently, I was at TCU. And then before that, I was at Baylor, of course. So um, coming from three power five schools, um, I got to experience a lot of different um, things and a lot of, uh, see a lot of transition with like the the type of students that are coming in. Um, So at TCU, um, I was able to really um, kind of cultivate an atmosphere um, for men's basketball. Um, at first, they weren't really um, driven academically, mm-hmm. um, had a lot of challenges in, in that area. And um, so for me to be able to see that um, and to see that they only were focused on that basketball, just basketball, basketball I'm here for basketball. Um, I see that a lot and, it, and it's okay. But off, at the same time, that's where professionals like us um, who want to help in that role, um, I think it's very important for us to start with the freshmen. Um, coming in, you know, being heavily recruited, they're always just focused on like that scholarship, football, basketball, whatever the sport is. Um, but then you also realize that there's more to it than just the sport. So I think for me, I was able, when I got those, um, a big group, I think it was about 10 freshmen coming in um, for men's basketball at TCU. Um, what I started to do once they got there in the summer, um, of course, help them transition, help them figure out what resources there are that TCU has to offer. But then I took a little step further and I wanted to get them, get to know them more personally. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them may not know all the questions um, or the answers that I'm going to ask as far as like who they are, what they want to do in life. Um, and that's okay. But for them to understand that we're going to start thinking about this now because you just never know. Um, right. And you always want to have a backup plan. Um, and I wouldn't even say it's like a backup plan, but you just always want to know what it is that you're really good at. You're, I know you're good at basketball because that's why you're here, but you know, you're also smart. You can work mm-hmm. with people. You um, are very good at talking. Like there's, there's a lot of things that you're also good at. And so for me, I was able to sit down individually one-on-one with every um, freshman and just ask them those like personal questions. Like, what, do you, what is it that you want from us here? I know your coaches are going to have something different, but as for me, as your academic advisor, what is it that you want me to help you with? Um, what else are you good at? Um, what's If you didn't have basketball, what would be a job that you would want to step foot in right now? Um, so just asking those little questions to get them thinking first about what it is that they, they want to do going forward, but at the same time, challenge them to realize that um, if anything happens, Mm-hmm. We have a backup plan and we know going forward what we can do um, to help. So I, I just, again, I think, and that can be for any level, but I think starting with the freshmen um, and helping them to realize that it's kind of like a, a portfolio. You started right. off at the beginning, carried on sophomore, junior, senior year. So by the time they're getting ready to leave and no matter what has gone on, if they're still playing or not, they at least have something they can reference from um, and carry it with them um, going forward. Um, so again, I just think it's more understanding the person, the whole person, mm-hmm. um, and not just like focusing on the fact that they're here for a scholarship athletically, but help them to understand their true identity um, in order to carry on that holistic development. Absolutely. I agree 200% <laughs> with everything that you said. Yeah. And I like how you said, not necessarily a plan B, but to explore more of who you are. Right. Um, and it goes to being prepared, right? Yeah. I think it's just being prepared. So you have to be able to categorize it. But my thing is just be prepared. Explore all of who you are. Up to this point, everyone is probably just fed into what we know as an athletic identity, especially once you make it to the collegiate level, regardless right. of what division 
because mm-hmm. those who are not don't really understand um, the, the level of Division three. Right. It's just, hey, you're actually going to play college ball mm-hmm. um, or whatever the case may be. So it's saying that's great, but that's not who I am. Like, I'm not here right. to feed into that. Um, I'm happy that you're here. But now my job yeah. is to open some doors that one you didn't recognize was even there, mm-hmm. or that you've been too afraid to open it, maybe because of certain things that have happened in your life. Um, you know, with so much energy being fed into the athletic identity, there could be feelings that if I open this door, talk about this, how will people view me? Um, how people, you know, just what all that stuff that goes right. into the negative action. Right. So I think it's incredible and a part of my program when I worked, uh, I recently worked with a local university and that was my recommendation to them was you needed a, you needed program structure, kind of what we know as life skills program. I know right. the state has a good life skills mm-hmm. that I looked at. Um, but you need to have something that captures these freshmen. Right. And hey, this is a different situation, a different level. You're more than just an athlete. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> that. And then also capture, I believe you have to them their freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, continue obviously throughout their entire journey, but also really doing a sit down that junior year. So right. very similar to high school. Freshman year from then, all right, you know, you're going to take an SAT, ACT, you're trying to graduate, are you going the AP route? Like, what right. are you doing? Yeah. Um, the same thing on the collegiate level. Is, right come to this new level and then junior year okay you're about to graduate when are you on tra- track to graduate mm-hmm. are your dreams going pro really legit or right. do we need to sit down and say okay what else can we explore right one thing that sounds harsh by a lot of people it's 2020 and especially with COVID-19 going on um google is free as my aunt would say google is yeah. free <laughs> <laughs> there is so many opportunities that you can create on your own. Okay. And even though school is tough and being a student athlete makes it more complicated, um, that is honestly the best time to tap into your skill set and developing it because you already have a population because you're right. Yeah. So, so sure. I really love that you dig into that with them. Have you felt that, um, do you share your story with them? Like your injuries and that? Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's not like a, uh, oh, by the way, like I used to be an athlete and I went through, it's not like, you know, um, so if they come to me with like a, I don't know, just questions or they just talk as, um, or just talk about random stuff, like if it allows me to open that door and share, I, I will do so because um, I'm very transparent. I'm going to be real with them all the time. And I think that's, that's what makes um, the job as us professionals in that role um, flourish because you know a lot of people a lot of students really they they don't want you to just be their friend just because they're an athlete and could potentially go professional and um, they want somebody that's going to be authentic with them be real with them and you know go through the trenches with them so yeah um, whenever possible I, I'm always willing to share my story I think that's important um, it comes to authenticity I say uh, it reminds me like when I talk about children children can see right through you. They know right. when you're lying and mm-hmm. you're not really excited about what you're doing. Like they can just feel it. And right. I don't know what it is about student athletes, what it is that we have um, with being a former athlete. It's just something that you know when someone is not really around you, just um, be, well because they they like you. They're around you for other reasons, whether it's the the attention that you get or, you know, being attached to say, oh, well, I help so-and-so with that. And that's why they're able to still play because I helped them pass their chemistry exam. Right. Um, Those, developing that can be very helpful after school because it continues to um, allow you to create a supportive environment and Mm -hmm. recognize, you know, things that you should have in your life and you shouldn't have in your life. So I think with you disclosing that, and of course, well, in social work, we're taught, you know, appropriate self-esteem. So right. Sounds like you're practicing that. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that um, they feel that they can uh, be like, dang, Miss Haley would do this too? Right. <laughs> and she's here. And, yeah. you know, I even get excited. Like, I interviewed um, Marcus Knight, and she's at Georgetown. I've never met somebody from Georgetown. 
So I could um, imagine if I was a student athlete and I was sitting down with someone, um, such as yourself, and said, oh, well, yeah, I worked at Penn State or I'm here at Penn State and look what I went through, like, look where I'm at. Like, you're such an example. And then with being a Black woman, you're yeah. here even more of an example um, oh, yeah. to the athletic population. Have you felt that being a woman or being Black has it helped you inspire athletes at all? Or do you feel like they're just, they don't see that? Or do you feel that it helps? Oh, no, I, um, especially in the populations that I've worked with, um, again, when I was at Baylor, um, I worked with men's tennis and men's basketball. Um, TCU, I worked with men's golf, um, men's basketball, a little bit of track and field and some football. And then TC, or sorry, and then um, Penn State, strictly football. So mm -hmm. being in those, you know, populations of those um, teams and those, I realized that um, when there aren't, uh, people that look like them in those roles, it, it is a little challenging with when it comes to trust and just being vulnerable. Right. Um, so I, I truly believe that it has helped um, for me. One, um, when they see me, they, of course, they think, oh, she's young, like, you know, right. <laughs> I can relate with her. Um, but at the same time, seeing that I, I can relate with them, um, just being a minority, um, a female, because a lot of them come from those backgrounds where um, they're raised by mothers or um, a, a female figure. So I think um, it, it's very important just to look at that. And I mean, I hate to disclose that like as if it's a, a one-up or anything, but right. it, it does really help. Um, so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important that individuals are aware of that. One part right. of my business and my program that I do is team cultural diversity training mm -hmm. um, because it's important to understand where these players are coming from. Right. And like how you're going after your experience and what you went through, that's the same thing for me. Like it was, um, I come from a military background, so I was around everybody. So mm. yes, I was aware of who I was, but I had not necessarily experienced um, all the negativity that can happen as right. well because of who I am. So, um, and there was never any conversation. It was never addressed. It was just, this is what it is. So right. it would have been amazing for me to have someone like you that I could talk to and that I could vent to right. and know that it's confidential um, of how the heck do I navigate this and not feel ostracized mm -hmm. um, or have a place to vent because a lot of times uh, the players we don't want to see anything on the field or the court in fear of messing the team dynamic up or losing right. playing time or mm -hmm. maybe you're a walk-on and you're trying to get a scholarship. Yeah. So it's a lot that goes into it. So it's I can just say for myself, someone like you would have made a huge difference um, in my life uh, and now, but I do believe that it was intentionally not there so that people like you and me yeah. um, can make that difference now. So if right. we had to go through a little bit of pain, um, you would be alive. I didn't go through <laughs> but I didn't have those. <laughs> right. But, um, to tough it out. And I commend yeah. you for, it speaks to your strength, honestly, like for you to push through that and to still desire, a lot of people can run away from the school. Mm. And I was that person. Once it was over, because my body was so banged up, like, as walking was a blessing. Like, I was yeah. jacked up. Right. But I, I ran. Like, I don't want to play anything. Like, I didn't know how to play for fun. Right. And I was like, nope, don't call me to a YMCA. <laughs> don't call me. To, no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, and it took me a long time right. to just be around a volleyball, be around a sport, and my teammates just didn't understand. Yeah. Why don't you want a pepper? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll be here when y'all get back. Right. Um, and it took me a long time. And once yeah. I started my research, mm -hmm. that's when I understood what the heck I was going through. Right. I found this community that includes you and a lot of other people that are like, no, this is, this is legit. We've all yeah. been through it and stuff. Right. Shape or form. So I'm just thankful that um, we've connected, we've met, and you came onto the podcast. Um, if, as we, before we wrap up, is there anything that you would like to share in regards to um, working with student athletes, your journey into athletics, or anything that you feel um, could be a token of knowledge for someone who's listening? Yeah. Um, again, I would just go back to the. Um, the whole aspect of being vulnerable and just um, very transparent um, because 
at the end of the day, when you put yourself in the shoes of a student athlete, whether you were a student athlete um, in the past um, or not, I think it's very important to put yourself in their shoes um, and realize that they're, we're, we're getting student athletes all over the place from different backgrounds, right. um, different ethnicities. And, um, and I think when you're able to really um, sharpen your professional development skills, um, whether that be um, leadership, mentoring, um, how do you communicate um, when you're not a minority or, you know, things like that. I think it really helps um, you to flourish in those roles and it will help the student athletes realize that you're somebody that they can trust and they can go to and they can um, will always remember um, for their lives because you want to impact and you want to um, be that person that you know, 10 years from now, student athletes are calling mm-hmm. and say, hey, thanks again. Like, this is where I'm at my, with my own family. Um, we're here, we're doing this. So it, it's things that, like that that make me um, really want to continue sharpening my profession, professional development skills. Um, I'm always looking for uh, resources, opportunities, um, symposiums, events, things that are just like, that may cause me to pay extra. Um, to get my, you know, professional development skills up. But at the end of the day, I know it's going to be beneficial because um, it's not about me. Um, it's about the students. And if you can keep that mindset um, going forward, um, that it's student-centered and everything that you are doing to help yourself in order yeah. to serve students, you're going to be one um, one amazing advisor, mentor, teacher, whatever your role it is. Um, so I think, again, just um, taking the time to really invest in your your development skills so that you can flourish and meet those um, needs and expectations um, for student athletes um, and then I guess again just one more thing I would mention because I know we talked about um, being a minority and how that kind of helps with communication. I've also found that I'm I'm very um, well-rounded when it comes to stuff like that so if I have if I'm working with you know a population of minority athletes uh, I make a point to really jump on the other side and get to understand the other students that aren't minorities and just right. with it because they see that connection um, sometimes and they may question a lot of things and you don't you don't want it to be a hostile environment or you don't want it to be like playing favoritism or you know pulling out the race card or anything like that but you want them to know that um, they matter too and I think that's another big 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 important thing to um, realize even if you are a professional not working and you may be a minority or you might not but you're working with a population of students that don't look like you right um, really make a point to um, open open the doors for any student athlete no matter background um, race ethnicity whatever it is but be um, open to learn um, be open to um, allow them to come into your doors and just talk with them um, or put yourself in their environment and get to know them more um, I'm glad I worked with men's golf when I was at TCU. I got to learn a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it just opened my eyes to so many things. And um, so again, I just being transparent, no matter uh, what role you're in, who you're working with, because um, at the end of the day, it's gonna, it's again, gonna be student-centered and it's gonna make you um, one of the best professionals that you can ever, um, you ever thought you would be, so. That's pretty much all I've got to add with that. <laughs> That's awesome. I think you killed you you I would say killed it, but you like you you nailed it. <laughs> In regards to if you recognize that it's more than you that you're here to serve, right? In a way that is to uplift, you know, not mm-hmm. serve as like a submissive way, right? Serve as in a way that you are here to guide, and support, mm-hmm. and to not to be too deep, but really to be a vessel to feed right. into them yeah. um, what they need to be successful. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of things they don't know just because they don't know. They have yeah. experience a lot. So, so true. You show up to the plate and you do that. And I think that was incredible to point out if you're working, um, especially a lot of times like at HBCU, mm-hmm. where a majority of the students can, or the players may be uh, black or American, right. and then you have maybe one or two um, players that are um, international or not of the majority uh, majority race. That's right. Yeah. That, yeah, I could imagine that you it may be a, a challenge depending yeah. on where you where your background is, but it is up to the professional to make sure that they are transparent 
with all the athletes and you make it known. Right. Because that is the last thing you want to do is to um, project any discomfort or anything or any favoritism. Right. So I think that was a really good point. I have not heard that one yet. And it's very true. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. All right, Hannah, well, thank you so much for joining us. I could go on and on <laughs> um, with this conversation, but guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel, and I will have all of the contact information available in the episode description um, on YouTube and on the podcast. So, Haley, thank you for the success, and I look forward to potentially working with you in the future. Yes, thank you so much for having me. No problem. All right, fam, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Yep, She Said It. I really think that a lot of people are going to be motivated and inspired by Haley because the reality of it is is that when we talk about sports, it can really be a metaphor for all methods, all journeys of life, right? Like the mindset, the discipline, um, the the unexpected changes. Haley talked about her ACL injury, going as a freshman and having all these plans and excitement, and it was just sort of derailed. And that's kind of what we're all going through in the world right now. Like we all have plans and things and journeys and interviews scheduled and graduation set up and all that was interrupted, totally unexpected and nothing we could have ever predicted. But it doesn't mean that you give up. It doesn't mean that you don't explore other alternatives to still accomplish your goal or to maybe find a place to understand what is it that God is planning and God has has told you and is telling you that he wants you to do. And with the intention of him um, guiding you to the people and the individual and the places that need you the most, that need you to pass on that message. So that's what I was really excited for Haley to share. Um, Last week, we talked about faith and fitness with um, Shanika Tyru, and today's message was very similar. And I don't think that was a coincidence. I think it's something that we all need to hear, and we need to really, really take a moment to sit and listen. Everyone wants to get this and get that, but what are you doing to listen? What are you doing to change internally? Because this is the time that you need to do it. Um, So thank you, Haley, and everyone that listened. Also, as far as catch up, um, what do I have going on next week? Or I haven't decided if I'm gonna drop it during this week or next week, but I did a recent interview about COVID-19 and how it's in fact impacting um, the black community. I did an interview about that. So I'm deciding, trying to figure out how I want to air that. It's on my YouTube channel. So you can feel free to go check it out. Um, it's called What's the 411? A conversation about COVID-19. And, um, but I think I want to put it on a podcast episode. So I've been doing that. I've, I attended a few workshops online this week. That was pretty awesome. Um, and I'm hopefully going to finalize my first virtual workshop, which is going to talk about athletic identity, um, racial identity, and really helping players understand what those stages look like as long with, along with professionals that work with athletes to understand what those stages look like. Um, and I've developed my, um, my model that I use, it was created by William Cross. And so I've, you know, applied that and I do it in my research as well for particularly all athletes, but especially, um, highlighting what that means for black athletes and then black female athletes. So still working on some things and trying to let God guide me on that. So I'm not rushing it. Um, I got another big project I'm trying to get out. I don't want to say it. I mentioned it a lot in 2019 and it just didn't get done, but the whole format changed. So pray for me on that because I'm trying to get that out ASAP because I think it's going to be very important. This is a time people can can sit down and do things. So I'm really working on that. So um, that's about it, guys. School, that's still happening. <laughs> dissertation, what dissertation? Um, but no, going well with that. So life is good. I'm thankful. Family. Um, family is doing well. I thank God for that. Um, we've been impacted with friends and around the family. Um, but we're thankful that our family has, has not experienced it, but we are praying for everyone. Um, and yesterday I was super blessed. I'm probably saying too much, but yesterday I was in, or not yesterday, some, uh, two days ago. I don't know. I was in Walmart for like the first time in a few weeks to go get groceries and restock. And I was like, you know, I need toilet paper because I wasn't one of those people that went out and hoarded everything. So um, that day I did a lot of praying just in general was just a a day that I really wanted to focus spiritually. So I finally went out to the store and I see people walking around the store with toilet paper. And I'm telling this because it has a good a good message behind it. And so I see people walk around with toilet paper and I was like, hmm. 
there's toilet paper here. So I rush back to the back of Walmart to get toilet paper and all the shelves are empty. And I see this last, this guy walking that at the time I didn't really pay attention to that had two big 12 pack rolls of toilet paper. And I guess my demeanor said that like I, I was defeated. I was too late, like a little frustrated, but more sad, not even frustrated, just, just a little sad in that moment. Right. Cause I'm like, dang, tried to order some offline. It was going to not going to be here like to end of May, all this stuff. And so the guy looked at me and he was like, do you need it? And I was like, yeah, I really do. And I said this on Instagram too. And I was like, yeah, I do. And he was like, okay, here you go. And he just gave it to me. Just be reminded that despite all the craziness and the, and the, and the unpredictableness of the world right now, there are still nice people out there. There are still people that, that care about others, people that are not selfish and make sure that you are finding ways that you can help people, whether it's through prayer, whether it's financially, just find something that you can do. And because of that, like after you gave him, I just felt so thankful and blessed because it was just ama- it was just amazing to see because right now people are in a it's not so much as in the beginning, um, depending on what state you're in. And I I think that is like oh we need this we need that we need this, and so because of that I decided to post on my social media that night that I wanted to bless five social workers and I was able to do that. Um, so I'm not saying to say oh I was able to do this whatever because it wasn't a lot of money that I gave, but I just felt that I was blessed with something that I needed, and I know there's plenty of people around here that are going through that as well. So. I want to encourage you to take the message that Haley said, take the story that I just shared and find out how you need to position yourself and how you're positioning yourself to either continue on the proper journey that you're on or to make that mindful shift so that you can be positioned in a place to be ready, to be prepared and to hear all the opportunities and everything that God is expecting you to do. Um, And it's not going to be easy. There's going to be some things that you're going to think, oh, I can't do this, or it shouldn't be this hard. And it will, it may be, it may be. I've gone on too long, guys. Thank you. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Please leave a review. Please, if you're on the app, you can also leave a little message, like a voice message, and I can share it on the next episode. And also make sure you look in the episode description, follow me on Instagram, and subscribe to my YouTube channel also. All right, guys, take care, be blessed. And um, I'll catch you guys next week. But I hope at the end of this episode, you walk away saying, yep, she said it.